Turn blog that's all about board games and card games and let's steal a little from the dice tower and say and the people who play them though this is more about me and you than it is about anybody else so maybe that doesn't quite apply welcome to the inaugural episode of the dude take your turn podcast for those of you who are just meeting me for the first time through this podcast thank first of all thank you for listening and without having actually found my blog uh, i've been a gamer for about seven years Though I grew up playing war games in the 1980s before taking a break. Played Squad Leader, Advanced, or Rise and Fall of the Third Reich, uh, War and Peace, war games like that, uh, all through college. And then I stopped for a while and didn't really n- know that hobby gaming existed until I went to a convention in 2012, a science fiction convention actually, that had a game room, and discovered... There were these wonderful board games that I had never heard about before. So I tried some, and I've been a gamer ever since. I'm more into you know, the medium, somewhat heavy, though not super heavy games. I always love a good light game, though. Uh, I, I love chucking dice. So that, that's kind of the games I play now. I unfortunately don't get a chance to play war games anymore. Those are more one-on-one. I go to game groups now where one-on-one isn't necessarily possible. So, uh, war games haven't come out, and there are so many great-looking war games out, it, it kind of pains me after a while. But, uh, when I first thought about doing a podcast, I knew the first episode would have to be something that would grab all of you, and something, you know, I, you just don't want to hear me talking, you don't even know who I am. And so, what, what better way to do that than to interview Paula Deming? actor and writer for the YouTube video series Things Get Dicey, as well as many other board game media appearances, uh, Geek and Sundry, uh, Girls Game Shelf. Uh, Being a content creator herself, Paula was gracious enough to agree to be my first interview victim. Uh, I mean guest. Sorry, Paula. Uh, We also get to meet her husband, Lawson, who owns a visual effects company and has been a visual effects supervisor on many TV shows, such as The Man in the High Castle. He also does much of the behind-the-scenes work on Things Get Dicey. Paula and Lawson, fascinating people. I love talking to them. I love getting to know them a little bit. I, I actually ran into Paula a couple of times before the interview, so she would recognize who I was when, when we met up for the interview. I was actually able to get in the game with both of them after the interview, which was really cool, too. Uh, so I'm honored that they agreed to help me get things off to a great start. So I hope you enjoy the interview, and let's get right to them before I come back with a few final thoughts. Hey everybody, welcome to the very first episode of the Dude Take Your Turn podcast. I am in Vancouver at Shucks 2019 and really enjoying the weekend so far and I'm honored to have as my first guest the Wonderfully charming and wonderful YouTube star and other star, Paula Deming, and her husband, Lawson Deming. Hello, everyone. Nice to be here. Yeah, thank you for joining us, or joining sure. me. Thank you for all of you. We're happy to join all of you. Thank you for having <laughs> us. So, Paula, uh, first of all, have you been, have you two been to Shucks before? 
Yeah, we've actually been, this is our third year, so every year that Shucks has existed, we've attended. Oh, nice. Uh, and the first Shucks was my first ever board game convention. Uh, was it your first Lost Uh Technically, yes. So yeah, the first board game convention we ever went to was the very first Shucks. So. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. So what do you think of Vancouver? Oh, I love Vancouver. <laughs> I Yeah, I love Vancouver, too. I'm originally from Portland, Oregon. Vancouver is a very similar city in terms of its vibe, in terms of its wet weather. The, that Pacific Northwest kind Pacific of thing. Northwest, yeah. Which is nice because, you know, we live in L.A., and so there's not much in the way of seasons that happen there. And so right. it's really nice to come up here and, like, I'm getting, like, three days of fall right now, which is really <laughs> great. <laughs> and lots of rain. Well, not, not rain this weekend, though. It hasn't been too bad. It rained a little, like, right at the beginning, but now it's been really nice. Yeah. Excellent. So, uh, you both, both enjoy board games. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you been board gamers long or all your life? Or have did one of you bring the other one into it or what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I liked playing board games when I was a kid. Probably a lot of people did, you know, playing a lot of those games, those classic games that everyone thinks about. So, my favorite growing up was Clue. And my family also played a lot of Life. Monopoly Junior, which we preferred to regular Monopoly, was like, it was like, um, not circus, uh, like theme park themed or something. It was, I remember. And then I I continued to like Clue as I got older. And then once Lawson and I started dating, he's actually the one who was like, hey, we should play like, Sellers of Catan, and also have this game called Betrayal House on the Hill, and like that, those experiences really are what got me into, I guess, what we would consider like modern board games. Hobby um, games. And you were like playing more of like the hobby games. Yeah. Um, much more like consistently. Like I was like more mass market and then got into hobby once we met, and you were I sort of, that. I sort of did the opposite of that. The first game I got really, really into was Battletech, which is the 1980s giant mechs fighting miniatures game with hexes and miniatures. And so as like, you know, a 12-year-old, I was painting, badly painting miniatures. um, You're very hard on yourself, though. I bet they were actually (laughs) pretty good. No, they were really bad. I I was using the wrong kind of... I was using like house paint and stuff like that. and, you, know, you were put, using house paint? Yes, I was. I didn't know what I was doing. Well, I was using, like, testers' paints, actually, like, non-acrylic paints. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm playing, like, six- or eight-hour games. I was really into Axis and Allies and all of those all of those games that would take up your entire day and your entire brain when you weren't playing them. I feel like this is a great example of, like, the difference between me and Lawson where, like, Growing up, Lawson was like, what's the complicated rule book I can sink my teeth into? And I'm like, what's the game where I can pretend to be a guest in a mysterious mansion solving a murder mystery? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, the, like... the, the, I have, all, I have like all the Battletech source books and the, the Battletech compendium, which is like their, these, this is all the rules rule book, is like 120 pages long. I can't imagine reading a 120 page rule book nowadays because I've mellowed a little bit. I realized when I was in college that you can't play games with people if they don't, if they can't even get through the rules explanation, right? Right. So, you know, I wanted to play games with more people. I found in a lot of the more popular games like Catan and 
the Trail of House on the Hill and, and others like that, I was like, oh, I can explain this game in five minutes and we can start playing it. I'm not, I don't scare people off with, you know, a, a phone book worth of rules. So, so no advanced squad leader where the, the rule book is a three-ring binder with hundreds of pages and costs $45 by itself. Every time, every time I find, every time I find like a hex and chit style game in a board game store, I'm like, hey, Paula, look at this, and your I'm favorite like, kind of game. And she's like, it's just squares with numbers on it. I just can't. I mean, I at least give me, this. maybe this is terrible, but at least give me like a mini to like push around the hexes it makes me feel a little more um, i need theme immersion to an extent but like yeah it's just too if it's too dry it's hard for me to hang with <laughs> yeah so paula my my first exposure to your work was uh actually in the video you did with christian oh, or yeah. take your mm-hmm. chips which made me go to your youtube channel and find uh one of the first two episodes or something like that of things get dicey mm-hmm. So how did you come up with the Things Get Dicey concept? Like, what, what is it about comedy board game videos that you like doing versus all the other stuff that's out there? Yeah. Well, I had wanted for a while to do something in the board game media landscape. I'm an actor. I felt a natural inclination towards something that was a little more performance-based and something that was a little more, like, review-based. And I also felt like there are so many people who do reviews. Um, There are so many people already doing that. And do I have anything unique to add to that conversation? And I felt like I didn't. If I was going to make something, I wanted there to be a reason for someone to watch me doing it. And I also wanted to do something that just helped make women more visible in the hobby. There are tons of women who play board games, but I don't think we're super visible. And so I just wanted something that was like, hey, without being super, like, in your face about it, you know. But I just want to be like, hey, I'm a woman. I play board games. I know board games. I can have a conversation with you about the mechanisms in this board game. You know, we exist. We're here. And then the other women could look at and be like, oh, yeah, I belong here. Because there are other women playing these games and maybe feel more encouraged to come to a convention or something. So that was a lot of my motivation for wanting to start making something. And the reason I went the comedy route, again, was because I thought, I don't think I can add anything to the review conversation. So what can I do? Well, I have a ton of improv experience. I like sketch comedy. I'm an actor. We always are coming up with like jokes about board game related stuff because we're playing board games and we're thinking of <laughs> jokes. And I was like, well, what if I just, what if we just do something that is sketch comedy about board games that was kind of the uh the inspiration behind wanting to do it and then christian actually christian kang was really uh encouraging of that because he started talking to me he was like why aren't you doing more things i was like well i have this idea but i don't know and he was like well you should do it and why don't we also do a video together and then like that way like I can like from that people will find your other stuff and then like that'll be really fun and so that's kind of how it all just kind of got kicked off and luckily um, I feel really lucky that I have Lawson who you know is a cinematographer and a visual effects artist and supervisor and can help me with like a lot of the technical aspects of making the videos that helps them like look as good as they look yeah, they do look great. I, I do have to say that. So, how did you come up with that name? 
Oh, gosh. <laughs> I remember trying to be like, what are we going to call this thing? And I don't know. And trying to figure out logos. And, like, I'm trying to remember exactly. I know there was some back and forth about, like, should it be Paula Gets Dicey? Right. Should it have my name in it? Should it just be Things Get Dicey? Should it be... Because we were like, okay, well, what are some, like, board game puns, kind of, that we could do that's, like... Right. And I, that I aren't liked, already taken. Yeah, that aren't already <laughs> taken, yeah. And nothing I liked, meeple related. Nothing, yeah, no meeples. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of, like, in, the, in my style of comedy, a lot of times it is something going slightly wrong, or I do a lot of, um, I don't know, I guess what I would call, like, low-status humor, where I play a, a kind of a low-status character who's, like, getting something wrong or messing something up. Mm, um, I think that's really fun and funny. And so that kind of lends itself to this idea that, like, if I'm coming in and maybe messing something up or getting something wrong, then things are getting dicey. And so I liked kind of the play on that concept with also how, you know, dice plays into board games. And you also believe that, at least, that you're terrible at rolling dice. I am. (laughs) I don't believe it. I know it to my core. Okay? I roll. You believe you have a family curse that affects your ability just to roll dice, but it doesn't roll over to cards or anything else. No, it's just just rolling dice. Dice hate me. They really do. Um, and then uh, that had already been taken. So. Yes, it had. Yeah. <laughs> I, it is bad. Uh, you can, if you find any video on the internet of me playing a board game, there are a couple where I have to roll dice. You'll see proof. <laughs> it, I never roll what I need. So, so we're playing Sagrada after this, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's at least a little like you can, you can take do something like, with the dice. You can yeah. take the num- any of the numbers kind of and make them work, but a game where you have to like roll and, like. You better get a four or you fail this thing. I'll never, yeah, I'll fail it every time. (laughs) (laughs) So you've appeared in a number of different places uh, since that I've seen, you know, the uh, Geek and Sundry Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Death by Monsters, which I'll ask about in a minute. Mm -hmm. Did all that come about because of Things Get Dicey or were you starting to get involved with that already? Yeah, so the Game the Game stuff with Geek and Sundry, I sort of already, I had done, I had been a guest on a couple of their episodes before Things Get Dicey. Becca, Scott, and I were actually on an improv team together years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're friends and so occasionally she hosts that show and so occasionally when she needs a guest, she's like, oh, hey, Paula, you like games, we're friends, we do improv together, why don't you come be on the show? And then I think since things get dicey, um, I've been able to be on the show more, um, which has been really cool. And then in terms of Death by Monsters, that is absolutely a direct result of things get dicey (laughs) because doing things get dicey is what allowed me to meet uh, Matthew Jude and Nick Murphy. Um, And Matthew Jude was like, hey, I have this idea for this podcast. And I was like, hey, I think you're really funny. I shouldn't be saying this out loud because he'll hear it and it'll inflate his ego. Um, (laughs) Nobody's going to listen to this anyway, so don't worry about it. That is a very Matthew Jude thing to say. (laughs) No one's listening to this anyhow. (laughs) I was like, I think you're really funny. I'd love to work with you on something. And so we ended up, the three of us ended up connecting that way and kind of kismet in a way, you know, just like really... We, we get along really well. We're all really good friends now, and now we make this other non-board game-related podcast that's super fun, but it's because of all of our board game work that we met, which is cool. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, uh, it was weird. When I first heard about it and heard the description of it, for some reason I was thinking it was all story-based. Like, you, you were 
act, actually acting out like mm. stories with monsters or ver- mm-hmm. the various things until I actually did listen to it and discovered that you're actually talking about yeah. real life mysteries or we monsters are. or whatever. Which, uh, real. I'm gonna put real life quote, in quotes. Yeah, in, in quotes. <laughs> real life stuff. It's very weird. It, I, this idea that it's like three board game personalities not talking about board games <laughs> is so weird to me. It's amazing that we do anything other than play board games. No. <laughs> I have to admit, when, when I, I've only been in the Denver airport once, but um, it did feel a little weird. Was so. it weird? I've never been in there. <laughs> it's just apparently like the fifth Terminal 5 or something like that, or there's like the fifth level. I don't know. There's like one area where all the weird stuff is, but yeah. <laughs> so another thing I saw on your channel, the video game streaming. Do you still do that? Yeah, so I have a Twitch channel. It's just under my name. So if you go to Twitch and you look up Paula Deming, you'll find me um and yeah i stream video games i've done that i've done that really casually for like three years now i think it's been which is kind of crazy but i stream a lot of um story-based games and i'm not a big video game player so everything i'm playing i'm playing it for the first time i don't know anything about it (laughs) so i'm super fresh on it and it's really fun um small little stream uh, though we might at some point, I started it originally thinking that I would eventually change from video games to streaming board games, which I still may do at some point. It's just a slightly more complicated setup. Yeah, but, but I'd like to figure out how to do it because I think it could be really fun to have like a day of video games on Twitch, a day of board games yeah, on Twitch. It could I, be really fun. I think you use the video games initially because they're so easy to stream yeah. to essentially test out the concept of streaming. Yeah, exactly. And your taste in video games is similar to your taste in board games yeah. which is stuck with a strong narrative mm-hmm. that you can engage with and so and it sort of became developed a mind of its own <laughs> <laughs> and we still haven't we still haven't had the time to figure out how to do board games not because we couldn't do it but because we're both very busy and it requires much more equipment and stuff like that well, i also need so. in an ideal world i would have other people stream the game play the games with me right and it's a lot easier with yeah with our schedule for me to be like i've got time i'll play a video game right now as opposed to needing to plan ahead of time like hmm i need to invite more these. people need to show up yeah. And yeah but i am hoping soon to be actually to be able to start doing some board game content on twitch i think that'd be really fun yeah, I think that would, would be cool, and I, I guess it probably helps that L.A. seems to have a, a pretty broad uh, board game there is group a, of people. We're really lucky in L.A., I think, to have the group of board game uh, like content creators that we have. Like, we've got the Brothers Murph there, uh, Kiki from Girls Game Shelf is just outside of L.A., um, Ga- Game Night? The board game geek, some of the board game geek people oh, right, right. are uh, are based are based near LA. Like all kinds of people. Um, the starting role show, James Hudson, he's in LA. The contemporary stuff, Becca's in LA. Yeah, there's a bunch. Um, there's a bunch, and I think we're really lucky to have that sort of community access. Have you been on the game night yet? I haven't. There was maybe <laughs> some talk of it. I need to send an email. Lincoln, I need to. If you're listening, I need to send you an email. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we'll see, uh, maybe, I, ho- maybe I hope you send him an email rather than hoping he hears it. <laughs> <laughs> he might, you don't know, he might be listening right now. <laughs> he, he might be hovering behind us. <laughs> the last uh, video game stream I saw was, like, or at least on YouTube, I haven't gone to your Twitch, uh, was about seven months ago. I've 
Do you plan on keeping that part up, or are you kind of moving on to trying to set up the board game one that yeah. you're... Yeah, so right now, since I started doing things Get Dicey, I stopped putting my Twitch streams on YouTube. Oh, okay. Um, so to start so making it, keeping it more, yeah, kind of board game related on the YouTube channel, but all the old streams live on my Twitch channel, so you right. can um, see any of the latest stuff there, which is okay. handy. Yeah. And I, I know I commented on one of yours and basically said, you know, what, what happens if you hit a spot that you just have are having trouble after trouble and like 10 times and you can't get past it on a stream and like <sighs> how is that and how does that feel and how do you deal with that it feels frustrating this is this is this is why paula will never play dark souls <laughs> well yeah it's interesting it depends on what it is if it's a puzzle and i'm stuck on it and i'm really stuck i'll ask the people in the chat um on the twitch stream for help if it's like a combat situation that I can't get past, then I'll ask for advice. But then sometimes there have been times where I've been in the middle, I've been trying it for forever, and I'm like, I can't, I, we just have to stop, and I'll just come back to this on our next stream. Like, I'm so frustrated, I can't keep playing. But then sometimes you just push through, and I always get really worried that people are bored of watching <laughs> me try and get past it. But I think. I know there's a satisfaction for me when I finally do get past it, and I'd like to think there's a satisfaction for people watching as well to see me finally succeed in it, and feel like kind of like we all experienced it together. Yeah. But I do worry it, it does get frustrating. I think maybe in a way that is a little different from if I was just playing the video game on my own. Right. Because I do feel a little bit of pressure to like keep the game moving to hold people's interest because they're there to watch the game. Right. And if it's taking me an hour to get through one <laughs> combat scenario, is that interesting for anyone? It's not interesting for me. <laughs> it's I, I, I would think maybe a little bit of your performance background could help with that because you can actually make it entertaining as you're getting frustrated. I, I hope that's the idea. That's the hope that that's what's happening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'd have to ask an, uh, someone who uh, watches my stream whether or not it works. <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, so you just recently started with uh, season two of Things Get Dicey. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you break it up into seasons? Like, so that you, or is it like a planned number of episodes, or is it? Yeah, it work? is. Um, to an extent, it's planned with some wiggle room to potentially make some adjustments depending on what comes up, um, because life happens. Right. Um, the first one, we really, the first season, we really kind of were doing a little bit by the seat of our pants. Because going back to Christian Kang being like, hey, you should really do something. I was going to be in Seattle like in January. And he was like, well, while you're here, let's work on a video together. I have this pickup lines idea. And I was like, oh, that'd be great. You should release it right around Valentine's Day. And he was like, well, you should have a Things Get Dicey episode out before this releases. So I was like, okay, I need to get my first one done by like February 12th or something. But I didn't have any other ones done. <laughs> So the first season was really like we were putting out a video and then as soon as it went out I went okay now I have to come up with the idea for the next one, write it, find a weekend for us to shoot it, spend a week editing it, put it up, immediately dive right back into writing the next one, finding time to shoot it, edit it and it right. was it was exhausting. exhausting. <laughs> um, and I was like this isn't sustainable and I want to be able to be consistent and I want to be able to make good content that doesn't kill us <laughs> and so that's when we were like we should do this as seasons because i think it's really easy to get caught up in that like content creator youtube 
thing where you need to have a video out every week always putting out new content always put out something new always put out something new people burn out and I just want to try and approach it in a healthy way if I can and I feel like while I might see more growth more quickly if we hadn't taken the break we haven't I don't feel like we lost a significant amount of growth by taking a break because it allowed us to have time to recharge, come up with good ideas that we probably wouldn't have come up with as good ideas for the season two if we had just plowed through. Right. Um, and then gave us the time to, so we've already shot like half of our second season and we're able to just start editing it in a way that is a lot more sustainable for us uh, on a production schedule and hopefully is creating something that's of better quality mm. that the audience can enjoy more is right. my hope yeah I, I think the season concept was in general just so that we didn't the first season really was back to back to back to back every weekend we were spending all weekend working on it in some form or another and I have a very demanding and both creatively and technically uh, day job because I own a visual effects company and I'm responsible for a bunch of other people's work in addition to mine. And so I'm, and I'm in the film industry doing all that stuff. And so it got very tiring to basically work all week on that and then essentially do it all weekend. It was like I was working seven days a week. Then Paula, during all the time in in between was editing you know because we really make this like you would make uh, a commercial or a or a, a professional uh tv project we don't we don't spend that much time on it because if we did we wouldn't even be able to have our day job right yeah. but um you know the, the process of like the uh, detective one was we had like three shooting days for that i think that was our longest shoot you know so it's like three and it's also our longest sketch right yeah three 10 to 12 hour shooting days with lighting and you know sound recording and multiple locations and then editing it for a week and a half and doing visual effects on it to you know make things work make the transitions all that stuff so there, and because it's not, it can't be a full-time job because it's, you know, sort of a, a hobby job right now. That, for that the moment. Do, for the moment. <laughs> it, it made more sense to not feel like we were never caught up and, and sort of block it out in, in groups of episodes so that we could sort of take a break in between and actually play some board games. Yeah, that's one thing. And I, I, other people, I think, who make board game videos will say this too it's like you start making videos about board games and stop having the time to actually play any board games yeah which is kind of a bummer but and we also can't get new ideas for new jokes if we're not playing anything because a lot of the jokes come from we're playing something and something funny happens and i go oh that's that could be a sketch and i (laughs) I pull out my phone and i type it into my little notes app yeah so right now we are part way through season two like i said we've shot half of it um, we have another episode I need to finish editing that will come out sometime after Shucks. And then we need to shoot four more, I think. Four more? <laughs> Three or four just more. two more. Well, we have two written. We need to write like two more. Uh, okay. <laughs> and shoot. And then we'll have the second half of season two. And then we'll probably take another like short break just because we need to to refresh. Yeah. You know, and if we're hitting summertime, we're hitting, you know, again, more conventions that we'll try and get to and... 
yeah, it's just important to for us to do this in a way that's sustainable. And luckily, people seem to be, like, cool. Like, no one's... I don't feel pressure from our audience. So, like, you better put out a video every week or I'm going to stop watching, like... I mean, that's also why it's good that you don't do it as, like, a review thing. Because if you're reviewing games, you need to be on top of new games. Yeah, what's new? What's hot? What's the hotness? And it, we don't need to worry about that so much, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, for, for the blog, I don't really get access to the new hotness enough to play it enough to review it anyway. So my reviews are of older games, pretty much. <laughs> but those are, I mean, that's valid, too, because people... It's not like now, once a game's been out for a year or more, it's not in stores anymore. People can't play it. Like, there's so much value in the uh, the past library of games <coughs> that has come out. And I think sometimes gets, like, forgotten about when we're so focused on, like, what's new, what's new, what's new. Yeah. But we might still want to be like, hey... What's this Concordia game? I don't know. Right. Let's let's look up some reviews about it. And if they don't exist, like it's a way to keep good games around for people. Yeah. So, yeah. You, I can definitely see that. Yeah. If you can, it's like if you just like kickstart a game, and then by the time it arrives, six months or a year later, you're already tired of it. Like you're already on to the next thing, and you haven't even received it yet. Is is sort of a this vicious cycle. Yeah, so the ability to look back on a game, any game, whether it's a year old or 10 years old or whatever, and talk about it and, you know, talk about how you enjoy playing it, I think is really valuable. Yeah, that's uh, very true. I, I totally agree with that. Um, so we've already gone longer than I promised, so sorry about that. Um, yeah, so we'll, it's, we've kept talking, so I, that's I, I, I do have uh, one more question for you. Yeah. Do you work out as much as Christian does? <laughs> Does anybody? Does anyone <laughs> work out? You know what's great about Christian is his, like, beginner's mind that he brings to every day of his workout. Like, as if every day was the first day he was doing it, you know? And you got to admire someone with that kind of passion about the thing that they're doing. <laughs> We're just kidding, Christian. We love you. <laughs> so, thank you, Paula and Lawson, for joining me and for christening my my podcast thank you so much for having us and uh it's wonderful to meet you i've got, got to meet you and ross uh, ross uh, play play more games uh more games please more games please That's yeah right. ross connell check his website out he interviews board game artists and he takes really beautiful board game photography if you aren't already following him on instagram or twitter do it <laughs> i totally agree with that <laughs> uh where can people find you online yeah, so if you want to find Things Get Dicey on Twitter, you could just the handle is just Things Get Dicey. Um, and if you want um, some things that are also sometimes not about board games, you can follow me on Twitter, which is just Paula Deming. Honestly, both accounts kind of tweet sometimes the same things. So uh, uh, on Instagram, I'm Palo Bandita. I post a lot of uh, pictures about board games, but also my cats, sometimes vintage clothes, you know, that kind of fun stuff. Uh, let's see on Twitch. I'm just Paula Deming on Twitch. Where else? If you are interested in Death by Monsters, you can find that Death by Monsters podcast just about anywhere. It's on Instagram. I think on Twitter the handle is Death X Monsters, the letter X. Check that out. Listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast. Lawson, you have any social media stuff? I, I was just going to ask you. I have so much. I'm like, I after would say I talk for just. Five minutes, 
you know, subscribe to Paula twice instead of uh, looking at what I put out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, on YouTube, you can just subscribe to uh, Things Get Dicey on YouTube, which is actually the channels under my name, Paula Deming. But if you type Things Get Dicey into the YouTube search bar, you will find the series. So. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining me, joining me and us, and yeah. also for the great videos. I really, thank you really so much. enjoy them. Thank you. And thank you, Lawson, for thank you. for all the behind-the-scenes work that you do on that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
and Jeff Harvey for the transition music. I found both of those on the Gemendo website, which uh, it's an awesome site for uh, Creative Commons uh, music if you want to use for your podcast, things like that. I, I really enjoy browsing through all those songs, finding the stuff that would, would feel appropriate. So I hope to see you again soon. Uh, until then, check out the blog. Uh, keep an eye out for podcast episodes. Keep gaming and keep having fun. But most importantly, be kind to others. See you next time. Thank <laughs> you.